What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, your Penn State podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Thursday, June 4th, 2020. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here, as always. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Coming up in today's episode, we have a couple national storylines that we'll throw into the mix to get our show underway, but we're also going to begin running through the entire 2020 football schedule for the Penn State Nittany Lions, and I'm going to give you my June 4th predictions of wins and losses. This ties into the Locked On Big Ten podcast that was posted yesterday, so make sure you go check that out as well. But we're going to have some fun going on record as of June 4th with how many games Penn State's going to win. So sit back, relax, make sure you're subscribed in all your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. We're on all the podcasting platforms out there, so make sure you're subscribed, leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate the feedback, and it does help promote our show on those various podcasting apps as well. We also want you to be a part of our show at any time by sending in your questions and comments to us on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash locked on Nittany. And we are on Instagram at instagram.com slash locked on Nittany. So with all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and get today's episode underway. want to start today's show real quick by touching on the ongoing national storyline regarding the constant demonstrations for social equality in our country. And I do that because I don't want to get deep into that conversation with you guys today, but I do know that various hosts around the Lockdown Podcast Network were coming together and trying to put together our own messages. Uh, I'm just going to touch on this real quickly because there are a couple Penn State ties that I wanted to just mention and praise real quick. Uh, first of all, former Penn State basketball player Lamar Stevens was one of the highlighted speakers at the demonstration or the peaceful protest that was seen in State College the other day. And then yesterday, we saw another Penn State basketball player, Sam Sessoms, uh, was a part of a peaceful protest and a march right in his hometown of Philadelphia. And he did this with Villanova's Shamir Cosby Roundtree. So we saw a couple basketball players with the Philadelphia roots uh, just days after after the city of Philadelphia was really hit hard by the violent turn that some of these demonstrations evolved or devolved into uh, more from aggressors who probably don't have the same uh, message that they're trying to carry out. Regardless of the fact, it is good to see members of the Penn State community be outspoken and forthcoming in leading the charge for some of these changes that we're all trying to desperately get to that are long overdue in this country. So I, I praise, uh, first of all, Lamar Stevens for his involvement and his being, uh, being vocal in this fight. And of course, I'll give praise to Sam Sessoms for continuing to help organize an activity in his hometown to really kind of address some of the more positive direction that we can go with these messages. And for the most part, we're seeing a lot of positive energy with these peaceful protests and this uh, fight for social equality in our country. 
unfortunately, the headlines will just grab onto the the violent nature that some people take this or take this opportunity to to capitalize on for all the wrong reasons. But there's a lot of positive stuff that's being put out there, and it's always good to see members of that Penn State community can continue to be a part of that. And, of course, as far as football is concerned, we saw James Franklin put out a very powerful statement just uh, over the weekend, as well as a number of head coaches around the college football world. And even more recently than that, we saw the Penn, uh, I'm sorry, the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, put out his own statement, of course, an African-American who's gone through so much in his life. And it was really moving to read the words of his statement that he put out there as he continues to to hope that one day we are at a point where we don't have to worry about these things anymore. And that's what boggles my mind. Again, I'm not going to go too deep into this conversation, but it just boggles my mind that we are here in 2020 and these are still issues in our country. And they are issues. They are serious issues that need to be addressed. And I just continue to hope that one day we will be in a point in our communities that we don't have these concerns anymore. We are able to live next to each other and with each other. And it doesn't matter what pigmentation your skin color is because it shouldn't matter. Obviously, it's easy for me to say that. And I say this as a white male in his 30s who grew up in a very white suburban area. (laughs) But I just it it just boggles my mind that we are still seeing these fights continue on. So. With all that said, I will say once again, as I am joining many of my colleagues around the Locked On Podcast Network, I'm here for you. You know, I will listen to you. I want to be a part of relaying your messages. So if you need a a platform, let me be a a part of that. Let me help you out. I'm just putting it out there. If anybody wants to use this airtime to help spread the word, help spread the message, I am opening the doors. This is an open mic conversation. You are more than welcome to come on and address these some concerns. And we'll talk some Penn State sports as well. So if you are out there and you want to help uh, lead the charge here and you want to use this platform, I am more than willing to bring you on and help facilitate positive messaging moving forward. All right. So. Couple other headlines that we want to touch on real quick in our opening segment. Uh, just the other day, defensive tackle Damian Barber was one of the latest members of the Penn State family, uh, football family, to announce that he was heading to the transfer portal. I don't think it was much of a shocking development. We do know that his name has been tied to that one lawsuit that was going on uh, regarding alleged hazing within the the po- football program. I don't say that that's necessarily a direct correlation to why he's entering the transfer portal. If you look at the depth chart, he was probably going to be fighting for some playing time in the fall. And he's got two years of eligibility left. He's a redshirt junior. I guess he'll be immediately eligible to play, depending on what happens with the NCAA situations that are going on regarding uh, transfers. But he's got two years of eligibility left, and you know he wants to be able to get some serious playing time. I don't know if it would necessarily might have happened at Penn State, but uh, we'll see what, ha- what happens. It's always possible he can come back to Penn State if he decides not to transfer. That's uh, not an unprecedented decision, but uh, Damian Barber, defensive lineman, is in the transfer portal as of now. Around the Big Ten, I want to make note that Illinois head coach Lovey Smith Rest in peace to his beard, first of all. Uh, that is a startling off-season development with the Illini. Uh, but Illinois head coach Lovey Smith is one of the latest that he's going to be taking a pay cut. Uh, you know, we kind of uh, got sidetracked with all of the, uh, the, the 
the social equality stuff that's been going on over the past couple of weeks. But schools are still trying to address how they're going to move financially as far as the coronavirus pandemic is concerned. So we're still dealing with that out there. Uh, Lovey Smith is going to be one of the latest coaches to take a pay cut as Illinois adjusts their budget a little bit moving forward. Uh, other Big Ten schools that have implemented some kind of a pay reduction or pay adjustments include Michigan, Minnesota, Rutgers, and I believe Wisconsin did too. I think I covered that on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk uh, before I was furloughed. <laughs> but I, I think that's uh, one, two, three, four, I think that's five schools in the Big Ten for sure that have adjusted their budgets. There may be more. I, I may have forgotten one or two. But I mentioned that because we still haven't seen anything like that regarding Penn State. Don't be surprised if it happens at some point, especially if we get to the football season and we find out that Penn State's not going to be able to pack in 100,000 fans per game. Uh, that could be a serious hit for the budget at Penn State, you know, or serious enough where they would have to make some adjustments uh, similar to what we're seeing around the Big Ten and, of course, around the country. You know, there's just a handful of Big Ten schools, a handful of schools in the ACC, Big 12, uh, certainly in the, among the group of five schools that are out there. A lot of adjustments being made to coaching contracts, of course. Football coaches, men's basketball coaches, uh, and a couple of women's basketball coaches, they make the big bucks. So they're probably going to take the biggest hit when it comes time to making any kind of adjustments. But as of now, no changes at Penn State. I do want to mention also that Temple's athletic director, Patrick Kraft, has accepted a position at Boston College. He will be the new athletic director at Boston College. The only reason I mention that is because anytime there's an AD change at any other school, certainly within the state, you wonder what direction that program will go. Now, I don't think the Temple is going to be plucking anybody out of Penn State, but it will be interesting to see which athletic director Temple brings in because as we move forward and you talk about uh, scheduling purposes, you know, you, will there be somebody at Temple who is interested in continuing playing Penn State? Is, is Penn State still interested in playing Temple? Will there be a good kind of a working relationship for future uh, scheduling agreements. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. And then, of course, the other thing that comes to my mind is, uh, would Patrick Kraft be interested in uh, calling up Sandy Barber and say, hey, uh, let's get some uh, Penn State and Boston College games on the schedule, huh? How about that? I don't know what that's going to be in place, but I just, you know, anytime there's an AD change, certainly within the state, I'm curious to see what that means for Penn State moving forward. Maybe nothing, but just throwing it out there as something to keep an eye on. And in our last bit of news in this roundup segment, uh, some sad news out of the Pitt football family as they are mourning the loss of former Pitt head coach Johnny Majors, who obviously spent a very brief time with the Pitt Panthers before he went on to coach at Tennessee. But he passed away at the age of 85 this week. Uh, that was announced by Pitt on Wednesday. You can go back throughout the history of the Penn State Pitt rivalry, and of course, you'll have a brief span where Joe Paterno and Johnny Majors went head to head. Uh, but of course, uh, this was not one of the the more bitter coaching rivalries, as it were. Uh, Joe Paterno would have uh, bigger enemies to fry <laughs> with the Pitt Panthers uh, later on. Uh, but Johnny Majors and Joe Paterno they were good friends back in the day, and they got a chance, of course, to coach against each other once again when Johnny Majors was at Tennessee back in the Fiesta Bowl in nineteen. 1992, or at the end of the 1991 season, the 1992 Fiesta Bowl. So, uh, of course, they go back a long ways. They were good friends, apparently. Uh, so, Johnny Majors passing away at the age of 85. So, our condolences to the entire Pitt football family at this time. I want to talk to you guys real quick about rockauto.com. Now, they come in handy for somebody like me who knows nothing about cars, and anytime I'm impressed with the need to 
replace something or buy something for my car, I'm a little overwhelmed because I don't know what I'm getting into and I don't do enough research. And now that's on me, I will admit, but I always kind of worry that maybe I'm paying a little bit more than I need to. Well, the good news about rockauto.com is they are there to help you save money and make it as easy as possible for you. Look, one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money and you can use that money for other important things like mortgage or food. And that's very important this time right now. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50% or 100% more for the exact same auto parts as a chain store or a new car dealership? Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I was a guest on the Locked On Big Ten podcast just the other day, yesterday, in fact. So I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that. But we got a chance to talk about the Penn State football schedule for the upcoming season as part of their ongoing series, breaking down all the schedules for every Big Ten team. And of course, if you look at Penn State's schedule, you know where the biggest hits are going to be. The biggest games, the, the games that you should expect that Penn State's going to win, maybe some potential traps. And I want you to go back and listen to that conversation. I had a lot of fun talking about the Penn State football schedule, and we're going to do that right now. I'm going to start going through the schedule week by week, and I'm going to give you my official wins and loss predictions as of June 4th, 2020. I'm going to put out the disclaimer. I always reserve the right to adjust my official predictions as the summer progresses, and I'm also going to keep in mind with the idea that the schedule is going to be played as it's currently sitting. And uh, I don't think we're going to see any adjustments. So if there are adjustments, obviously we will make those adjustments as we needed later on. But as of now, we have a schedule for 2020. It's a pretty fun schedule and there are some challenging games along the way. In this segment, we're going to run through everything up through the bye week. And then in our final segment of today's episode, I'm going to please through the second half of the schedule basically the second half it's not exactly half the schedule but you get the idea we're going to go through uh, the season opener from september 5th all the way through october 3rd so uh, it's a good portion of the schedule so are you ready let's begin okay so penn state's schedule begins on saturday september 5th at home in beaver stadium against Kent State. Kent State coming off a better year according to Kent State standards. It's certainly uh, nothing that's going to be a major threat for Penn State. But as I said on the Locked On Big Ten podcast, when the spread comes out for this game, and again, I don't know if the spread is out for this game just yet, but when it does, I would not be surprised if Kent State is the team to take with the cover. And the reason I say that is because Penn State has a big road game the following week. It's the first game of the season. I don't think Penn State is going to need to be showing a whole lot in this game. I think they can get by this game very much just by running the football. Uh, maybe make Sean Clifford and make a couple plays, get in some good passes with his receivers. I expect that Penn State will make some big plays in the game, but I don't think they need to make some big plays in this game. So I look at a very vanilla approach to the start of the season against Kent State. And I think that Penn State wins this game comfortably. I'm not ready to say that Penn State is going to cover, but I've got Penn State at 1-0. And if you don't have them at 1-0, then we're already off the rails. But Penn State should be 1-0 after their first game of the season. No questions asked. Week 2, 
September 12th, Saturday, down in Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. First time Penn State has ever played Virginia Tech, and this one should be a pretty good contest. Now, Virginia Tech is not the dominant team in the ACC Coastal that they would like to be. I do believe that Justin Fuente has a good thing going at Virginia Tech. I know he's hit a couple speed bumps these last couple of years. It hasn't gone quite as smoothly as I anticipated. Remember, he, he made a quick splash with Virginia Tech, getting him into the ACC Championship game uh, in his first year, I think it was. And it hasn't exactly followed up with that kind of success that I think a lot of people were expecting Virginia Tech to have. This could be a better year for Virginia Tech and getting a chance to get a spotlight game, a spotlight opportunity at home in that in Blacksburg against a Penn State team that could very well or certainly should be in the top 10, probably could be in the top five when this game is played. I don't know if they'll be top five, but that is a marquee opponent that's coming in to Virginia Tech. So that is a big statement opportunity for these Hokies to really prove that they are going to be something of a force to reckon with just within the ACC, or at least the ACC Coastal. Nobody's going to challenge Clemson just yet, but as far as the ACC is concerned, looking for the second best team, Virginia Tech certainly has a terrific opportunity on their hands. I think this is a good battle. I, I think that Penn State certainly has the talent advantage. I think that they are deeper than Virginia Tech right now. Uh, but going on the road into Lane Stadium, this game doesn't have a game time just yet. But if this is a primetime game, this scares me a little bit more. I still think Penn State wins this game. But they are going to have to fight for this one. I do believe. I don't think this is going to be an easy contest at all. And I think it's a good early road challenge for a Penn State team that I think is going to be pretty good. And I think you're going to get that sense as I continue to go through this schedule. So I've got Penn State at 2-0. I think it's a gritty 2-0, I should say. So you know, I think this is a 2-0 team going into their home game against San Jose State on Saturday, September 19th. This will be a win. You can rest easy. This is a blowout city kind of a game. And I know that there's uh, the, the conversation about whether or not this game will even be played, given the fact that San Jose State and the state of California is a little bit in a different situation. But for all intents and purposes, I do believe that San Jose State will be able to make the trip. They'll play their football schedule as uh, currently scheduled. And I, I think it would be wise for them to be able to cash in on this opportunity to get that check from Penn State. So I think San Jose State makes the trip. I think Penn State sends them home with a big loss. Uh, so I got Penn State at 3-0. Heading into Big Ten play, which will begin Saturday, September 26th, against the Northwestern Wildcats. Northwestern was in the Big Ten Championship game just two years ago, and they took a massive step back last year. They were beat up. They had a rough, rough schedule, and things did not go well at all for Northwestern last year. But I never overlook a Pat Fitzgerald team. I know no matter what talent he has to work with, you know that they are going to play for 60 minutes. And they may not have all the skill that they need to be able to pull off a big upset against a team like Penn State. But I do think that Northwestern is capable of putting up a decent fight. I do think that's one that Penn State pulls away from, though. I think Penn State prevails. They get off to their 4-0 start, and I don't think that there's really any real reason to be too concerned about the home game against Northwestern. So 3-0 at home, 1-0 on the road, and that takes us to Saturday, October 3rd, when Penn State heads out to Ann Arbor, Michigan to take on Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines. Now, we know that the home team in this series has been 
given the upper hand um, the last few years. I'm not going to say it's been a blowout every year. Obviously, Penn State got off to a big lead last year, but Michigan did fall back and make a game of it, and they were one drop pass away from potentially tying the game. And who knows what happens after that. I do think that Michigan probably finds a way to win that game if they hold on to the pass. Uh, last season, but uh, going out to Michigan, this is going to be an interesting matchup because I do think that Penn State is the better team, but going to Michigan is something that they need to get over. You know, James Franklin needs a win in Ann Arbor. I really do believe that, uh, and I think this would be a really good physical battle. Now, Michigan's going to have some turnover that they're working with uh, as far as their offensive line is concerned. I still don't fully believe that Josh Gaddis has the offense where he wants to have it. And I do think that this is going to be a really tough game for Penn State, just because it's on the road in Ann Arbor. I know the Michigan uh, is still a team that you should not overlook. I think it's a 10-win potential team any given year right now for Michigan. I don't know if that'll be the case this year, but I do not throw it past Michigan to score the win here and send Penn State into their bye week with a loss. But as I'm sitting here on June 4th, I think Penn State does win this game. I think it's close. I think they have to battle for it. It goes down to the wire. But I think Penn State gets out of this one with the win, going into their bye week with a 5-0 record, a top five ranking potentially on hand, and that's going to head into a big stretch after their bye week. We're going to talk about that next in our final segment of today's episode as we go through the second half of Penn State's schedule. I've got them at 5-0. Where do you have them so far? Well, I've talked about Built Bar before, and I'm going to do it again because I really cannot stress to you guys how much I've enjoyed the Orange Chocolate Cream Built Bar because it is the perfect mid-morning snack, and I'm finding out that it's actually a pretty good mid-afternoon snack as well. Look, when you're working as much as I have been, and you have a certain time when you eat lunch, and you have a certain time when you get home, sometimes you just can't wait to get that little fix in your belly, and the Built Bar has become the perfect solution for me. It is the perfect mid morning snack it works perfectly shortly after the lunch break if you need a little something to hide you over until you get a chance to make some dinner at home the built bar is the perfect way to go about it 110 calories 15 grams of protein four grams of sugar they have a variety of flavors that you can choose from. So if you're not about the orange chocolate cream, maybe you want the German chocolate pig or the chocolate mousse or, hey, the mint brownie delight sounds pretty cool too. I haven't had that one yet, but I'm going to try that one at some point. But if you want to try out the orange chocolate cream or any of these other flavors, go to BuiltBar.com, enter the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order. You can create your own box. You can get a sample box or you can just load up all of one flavor that you know you're going to like. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. After five weeks of play, I've got Penn State sitting at a clean 5-0 record that includes and is highlighted by two very big games on the road against Virginia Tech and Michigan. Now, after getting through a bye week to kind of rest up and prepare for the gauntlet that is to come, where will Penn State fare at the end of the season? We're going to begin or resume, I should say, with Saturday, October 17th against the Iowa Hawkeyes right in Beaver Stadium. Now, I was a team that has given Penn State the fits before, but it's been a while since Iowa has really had a decided upper hand on the Nittany Lions. So I don't think that they play the spoiler role here. As I said on Locked on Big Ten, I think that having a bye week 
coming off the, the Michigan game, win or lose, and a week ahead of the Ohio State game, I think James Franklin makes sure that there's no way that Penn State is going to look past Iowa. And Iowa's never a team you want to look past. So I don't think that that's going to be a, an issue here. I do think that Penn State plays well at home. I think they take care of business against Iowa. Uh, Penn State has proven that they have the skill to be able to overcome any serious threat that Iowa may have. This may be another close game. This may be another fight that goes down into the fourth quarter with the game somewhat in doubt. But I do think that Penn State handles it well. I do think they get the win. And that puts them at a nice 6-0 record going into the biggest game of the season and I don't think that, that is an understatement I or an overstatement I think that is the definition of what Penn State Ohio State will be in the 2020 Big Ten schedule because I do think that the winner of this game will be playing for the Big Ten championship as the Big Ten East Division champion Unfortunately, I think that Big Ten East champion is going to be Ohio State. I, again, this is going to be one of the biggest games of the year. I'm not ready at all to suggest that Penn State can't win this game. That's far from the truth. We know that anytime that Ohio State comes to town, Penn State has a very good chance to win. Ohio State is the better team, though. They have the deeper roster. They've got the more skilled position players at some very key positions, like wide receiver. And that has been a difference maker the last few times or you know, over the last few years, over the course of the history of this series. Even though Penn State has given Ohio State a good couple of jabs here and there, Ohio State tends to have a counterpunch ready to go. So I do think that that will probably be the case. And again, we don't know what time this game is going to be played. I suspect that this will be a primetime whiteout affair. Who knows how Fox may be getting involved if they try to put this game at noon. I haven't looked at the uh, the postseason baseball schedule, supposing that there will be baseball. Who knows what the, <laughs> the situation may be. But October 24th, I do think that this is uh, the game of the year in the Big Ten because the winner of this game goes on to play for the Big Ten Championship. Playoff hopes not necessarily dashed here for Penn State with taking a loss to Ohio State, but they do need to recover, and they need to recover quickly, and they're going to do it on the road. They get the next two games, so I'm going to give them to you both at the same time, on the road against Indiana on Saturday, October 31st, and the following week, Saturday, November 7th, just so happens to be my birthday, Penn State will be at Nebraska. So two tough road trips, I think. Now, going into the season, I suspect that Indiana is still going to be a little bit of a pesky team, as we described them on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Indiana's pesky. And I think that that will once again be the case, especially in Bloomington. Indiana is a team not to take too lightly. And anytime they're playing at home, they can they can scare you. And regardless of what happens against Ohio State, you know Penn State's going to have to play the following week on the road. Maybe going on the road is a good thing. Um, you know, if they win against Ohio State, you, you suspect that there may be a little bit of a letdown mentality. But again, if you win against Ohio State, you still know that there is so much to play for. So I don't know if that's necessarily something that's going to be a concern here if Penn State were to beat Ohio State. And if they lose Ohio State, yeah, sure. Maybe some of the, uh, the, the grander picture is maybe hurt a little bit. And it kind of is tough to regroup and get up for the next game, especially on the road against a team like Indiana, a program like Indiana. No offense to Indiana, but uh, there is, you know, these are college kids we're talking about. There could be a letdown. But again, I don't think James Franklin is going to allow that to linger too much. Win or lose against Ohio State. I still think Penn State goes on the road and gets the win against Indiana. I don't know about Nebraska, though. I do think that Penn State gets tripped up somewhere. And I think Nebraska is a very good spot for that to happen. Or 
a likely spot to happen, I should say. Because I do think that Nebraska takes some steps forward as a program this year. I know, you know, maybe some of the buzz about Scott Frost has fizzled off a little bit, but I do genuinely believe that he has a plan in motion here. And I do think that Nebraska is still going to be a challenge for any team that goes into Lincoln. And I don't know about Nebraska going on the road. If this game were being played at Penn State, I think it's a much easier contest for Penn State. But having to go all the way on the road in one of the, the longest road trips of the year for the Nittany Lions, the longest road trip of the year for the Nittany Lions in early November, and playing a Nebraska team, that can be scary. Adrian Martinez as a quarterback uh, could be a wildly fun player to watch this year in the Big Ten. And he could cause some problems. Again, Penn State is the better team. They are the deeper team. They've got the better overall position strength going in their favor. But going on the road against Nebraska, a team that could get better as the season goes along, that's a very dangerous spot to be in, I think, for this Penn State team. It's kind of like that Minnesota game last year in certain respects where I just feel like it's a bad spot for Penn State. So I'm going to say right now, I think Nebraska gets this win. I think that is an upset victory for Nebraska. Doesn't necessarily rule any big picture bowl game for Penn State just yet, but a second loss, it certainly hurts. <laughs> as far as the playoff is concerned, that is dashed. But I do think um, there's still a very good chance that Penn State could play themselves into a New Year's Six bowl game. And that's because I'm going to blitz through these real quick. Home against Michigan State on November 14th, home against Maryland on November 21st, and on the road against Rutgers on November 28th to close out the regular season. You could not ask for a trio of games on the Big Ten schedule to close out the season than what Penn State has in front of them, I think, as far as the Big Ten East is concerned. Uh, you know, Michigan State could be um, a work in progress this year, and they come to Penn State. Penn State should win that game. Maryland could be a wild card team, kind of one of those pesky teams, wild card teams uh, over the years to come. And I think there's some good things happening at Maryland. But this game being played at Penn State, I still think favors Penn State big time uh, with that game. So I've got them winning back-to-back -back games against the Spartans and the Terrapins. And then going on the road against Rutgers to close out the season. Look, we know what happened in the season finale last year. Greg Schiano has certainly uh, given Rutgers some buzz with the recruiting uh, impact that he's had early on, but it's still a long way to go before Rutgers is going to be a real serious threat, I think, to Penn State. So I think Penn State goes on the road, closes out the year with a win against Rutgers. Uh, and that brings them to 10-2. That puts them on the radar for a New Year's Six Bowl game. Uh, we'll see how things play out as well as, uh, you know, where the playoff is concerned and you know, is our one or two teams from our conference. Uh, we'll certainly see what happens, but I do think that Penn state's best outlook right now is getting into one of those New Year's six bowl games. That's outside of the playoff, not a bad place to be at the end of the year. Not exactly where Penn state wants to be, of course, but you would take that. I think any year as opposed to playing in something like the Outback bowl. So, Hey, I love the Outback bowl, but I think a new year six bowl game is very much in the cards here for Penn state. If not, then maybe a trip to the, the citrus bowl, which isn't all that bad, but I still think this is a new year six bowl caliber season on deck for Penn state. Hey, they could go 11 and one. And you know, that's a, a real good situation to be in too. That puts you on the playoff radar, especially if you can get a win against Ohio State. Uh, if you win against Ohio State, you've got margin for error here against a team like Nebraska or even Michigan or maybe even early on against Virginia Tech. But if you go 11-1 and one and the one loss is to Ohio State, it's going to make it difficult to get into the Big Ten title and, of course, maybe into the playoff picture. But 11-1, that, that's certainly capable of happening. 
but I think 10 and 2 is probably more likely. So as I sit here on June 4th, that's where I've got Penn State. Let me know your wins and loss predictions for now. We'll revisit this probably in a month. We'll do this on a monthly basis leading up to the start of the season. So we'll do it again in July. We'll do it again in August. Kind of uh, take your temperature on how you're feeling about Penn State. I've got them at 10 and 2 right now. I think that that's the realistic scenario for the Nittany Lions. So let me know what you guys think as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I really appreciate all of you guys uh, hanging in there, uh, doing what you're doing, staying safe. Uh, I know, you know we are going through troubling time to troubling time, but we're all going to get through everything together. That's the whole idea of this. And we want to make sure you are a part of our podcast. Lend your voice, send in your questions, your comments at any time. We'll relay them into the podcast as well. The best way to do that is to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. And of course, you can check us out on Instagram at instagram.com slash Locked On Nittany. In tomorrow's episode, I will have details about what we're going to be doing with our Twitch channel. We're going to have a couple test streams coming up over the next couple of days. So if you want to help us out and check those out and provide your feedback, that would be great. We'll also have some Instagram live stuff happening very soon on that Instagram account. So a lot of stuff in the works here. Uh, once we go through and experiment with this a little bit, we'll have the full details of what we're going to do as far as schedule wise is concerned. So lots of stuff happening. I'm very excited about bringing that to you guys and making that a part of our routine as well. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my college football coverage and Big Ten coverage on AthlonSports.com. And, of course, I'm on Facebook as well at Facebook.com slash ByKevinMcGuire. Before I go, I want to make sure you tell your smart devices to play Chad Ford's NBA Big Board right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Get your NBA draft fix from one of the best in Chad Ford. Lots of great stuff on today's show, I'm sure. That's all for me today. Go want to know today, guys. Come back strong. We'll have another fun episode for you coming up very soon. And until then, have a great day. I'll talk to you later.